0: I had to get out of my own way okay. and, think, and stop thinking that I was the best person for my clients and be willing to allow that things may not go exactly as I would like them to go, yeah. but my clients could still feel fulfilled and they could still yeah. feel treated properly.
1: Welcome to the Livian Podcast, a show
0: that helps successful real estate teams accelerate their growth and impact. Livian, love how you live in all aspects of life.
1: All right, so I'm with Dylan Suter, and Dylan, who are you? <laughs>
0: That's an interesting question to start with. Um, I am a real estate agent, real estate investor, and real estate brokerage owner uh, with Keller Williams, and uh, I'm out of roughly Toronto, okay, uh, about 45 minutes west of Toronto. Been with Keller Williams since I started five and a half years, and uh, been an investor most of my life, but really, really scaled up in the last three or four years with it. So, when you say you're an investor, what what does that look like? I own about a thousand doors combined. Okay. Um, everything from single family homes to short term Airbnbs. Uh, my largest building is an 88 unit apartment building. I have a couple offers in right now on
1: 161, 225. So, that's wait, the a thousand staff. doors, that's kind of a lot. So, uh, uh, let's go backwards. So, a thousand today, <laughs> how do I get from zero or one to a thousand? What was that path? Yeah, so you jump
0: on my wealth building uh, okay. course. Okay, <laughs> We can walk through the actual yeah. the path of what that looks like. But um, I would say the one piece of advice that I'd give to someone is, is go after it, but expect there'll be bumps and turbulence. Okay. Um, we initially started with a, a plan on, hey, we wanted to try and get to this goal, and we'd reverse engineer it on how can we take a large goal, a, a, Behag and be able to back it all up and then create an actual formula on how you're going to get there. And then know that you're probably not going to get exactly there. But the journey is what you're really living for. Yeah.
1: So let's say that I make peace with bumps and, and things not going the way that I want them to. There's still a lot of fear. I imagine that's holding most people back. What do you say to the person who's afraid of taking big risks with real money? I'm gonna assume
0: that a lot of the listeners to this are probably maybe realtors or or business owners, Um, and I'd back it up and say your mindset around launching into your own business was probably a lot of fear too. Yeah. And then you, you were like, oh, well, what am I gonna do? And then you jumped into it for a reason, whether you wanted to, to create a different life for yourself and your family, or you wanted to create a better life for others around you. Um, and you just you went with the bumps at that point. I would say looking at your real estate investment portfolio as opposed to investments, look at, look at it as a business. Okay. And, and how would you build a business? Gary talks about a GPS and, and yeah. how the importance of a one-page business plan. Yeah. I built a GPS around $100 million in real estate after I did a couple of deals and I built a hundred million dollars going to my second like really heavy year and I was like, how can we get there? Well we yeah. ended up with forty two million dollars in real estate, so boo
1: hoo. Yeah. Um, but yeah. learning, right? But it was year two. Uh, exactly. Why, why investing instead I mean most everyone at the conference is really focused, I'm sure, on residential or most people of course, uh, that, that will listen focus on residential. Why um, invest investing for you instead of like residential retail?
0: So I think for me, residential retail is not like single-family homes, I yep, think? Yep, yep. Okay. So for me, it was really on economies of scale. It was on the problems you're going to deal with. If you have a roof that collapses on a building, yeah. that's 32 units you have a problem to deal with, but it's one roof. Yeah. You have a roof collapse on 32 individual houses, that's 32 houses you have big problems with. Um, when you start getting into holding more properties i don't know how what it's like in the us but i'm confident it's the same whereas lenders will cap you at certain numbers of yep. doors a yep. certain number of properties exactly uh, a lot of residential financing has similar similar things yeah. so even like my my single family stuff now on our refinance strategy we do refinance it with commercial lending so we pay a bit of a premium on what that looks like, pay a little bit higher interest rates or whatever that may be. Um, but for us, it was, how can we get to our $100 million goal when a big bank says your max is five houses? Yeah. Well, you can't unless you're going for $20 million houses and I don't see the ROI and, and a cash on cash return on those. There's way too much risk involved in that. Yeah. So.
1: Why did you gravitate towards um, investing in a multifamily instead of being like a residential real estate agent? Um, I actually got
0: into real estate
1: initially yeah. because I was wanting to do my own deals.
0: Okay. A lot of real estate agents do that. They get in, they want to yeah. represent themselves and doing a couple deals and saying, hey, I want to represent myself and take commission on four or five deals makes sense. But I would say probably 50% of my active building buyers right now are actually realtors that are with okay. KW. Okay. And the reason being is it's, it's a niche that not a whole lot of people understand and know. And they're willing to pay a, a good, they're willing to pay for service, right? I mean, realtors are just, I mean, they're probably a higher level of of willing to pay for stuff, right? They want leverage in their life. So as I went through and actually built out my team and built out my investments, I found that I would pay for that service, but I didn't know that getting into it. I I came from a bit of a scarcity mindset initially because I didn't know Keller Williams. I didn't know anything different. And you learn with KW and what we're doing here that everything's about abundance. So how can you become more and accomplish your goals with more people. And it's really that whole win, win or no deal and teamwork concept of together everyone achieves more.
1: And um, when you think about, you've got a real estate team as well, well, right? Um, What have have you learned about leadership and and going through like the, the path of starting five years ago and now from a leadership standpoint?
0: I think the biggest thing I learned about leadership is that you're going to have to take, you're gonna to have to make decisions, and this is something yeah. I've heard Adam say before too, yeah. is you're gonna to have to make decisions with the information you have. And a lot of those decisions, most of your people and your team members wouldn't be willing to make. Okay. And so there's gonna be things that you're gonna get wrong. Yeah. Um, he, one, one big takeaway was the one-door decision and the two-door decision. Like a one-door decision is a decision I make, I can't go back. Yeah. A two-door decision is a decision I make and I have the opportunity to turn around and correct it and and, re, and refocus. And I think that, that, that two-door decision really is the definition of failure for me. Where okay. it's like I made a decision, I failed with that decision, but I only really fail when I give up. If I just let it die right there and say, oh, I made the wrong decision, it's time to pack that one in, that's a a poor leadership decision. Um, Whereas if I make that decision and I failed at it, I'm I'm willing to turn around and and admit my wrong, correct that wrongdoing, and do something that's better for everyone. Um, Getting back to your initial question on on how do I run my team, what do I operate my team, and why do I still do it? I really do do it twofold. I think the, the greater purpose is to be able to impact others and lead others because someone did yeah. it for me and, okay. and being able to have that impact on the world is what yeah. wakes me up in the morning and a purpose. Yeah. But I also think that right now, all my real estate investments and all my other investments, I'm in crypto, I'm in stocks, I'm in all kinds of different yeah. investments, um, I don't touch those. Those, the, the, the revenue those generate, I reinvest and reinvest and reinvest. So if I take a what percentage from my investments do I pocket myself, yeah. I, it's zero. I put 100% okay. back in, okay. which is where the exponential growth comes in. Yeah, of course. My real estate team and my real estate sales is really what pay my day-to-day bills and what allow me to do the travel I do and do the events I do and, and get here and yeah. buy my house and that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: I'm not convinced that you are Canadian because I just, keep seeing you in America the last like 30, 45 <laughs> days and you said you're not going back for a while. What does what that life and travel in that mix of being an investor look like that if you were still working with buyers and sellers like a traditional homeowner, buyer and seller, how much different is what you're able to do today because your investment focus versus what most agents you see?
0: So I would say that I, I always go back to, there's really two points to this, and one of those points is two sections. I say that people get into real estate for one of two reasons. They want to make more money, or they want more freedom and autonomy. Yeah, It's really those two directions. Anything you want to boil it down to, they can say whatever they want, but course, it's, it's, yeah. a core value is yeah. one of those two things. And, and a lot of times it's both. It's, it's really why I got into it. Yeah. Um, so I think the autonomy to do what I want, what I want, where I want, with who I want, is really why I continue to work really hard. Um, the old saying, work hard, play hard, is something I, I really stand by, and, and when I go out, like I, I do some insane things with some insane people that are, that are really good stories, yeah. because I, I think that's what drives me to continue to level up, is the okay. opportunity to experience something I don't even know is out there. Yeah, what are um, some of those
1: things? When we were talking a, a few weeks ago, I was like, damn, I live a really boring life. Um, what are some of the things that you do? So I'm
0: gonna go out and just say most
1: recently, everyone's yeah. gonna
0: call me insane for this, but I was actually invited to the Domna Box. At the Super what? Bowl,
1: okay. So okay.
0: Kanye West, Antonio Brown, Floyd Mayweather—they were all there in okay. the Donda box, and I was invited to go and enjoy the Super Bowl with those guys. Okay, um, how does I that happen? I opted to say no. Okay, that's okay. the part that's going to sound insane. So okay. the reason I opted to say no, there was fifteen or us or so that were there, and my business partner in investing. Um, has gotten really close with he's a big UFC fan so he's gotten close with Nate Diaz and and Jake Shields and all those guys so we ended up going to an event private event we rented out a bar and and did that and had our own event um, with a bunch of the UFC fighters and and our close friends because that was more who we know and and the the connections we have Um, how it really happened how I got the invite was that I'm a huge. I was a huge. I still am a huge Antonio Brown fan Okay, um, he won me a lot of fantasy leagues and that's uh, that really tied me to it Hey, you gotta have okay. some fun with this stuff, right? Okay, so he won me a few fantasy leagues and I, I wanted to get my jersey signed I brought it down to Florida. I went with my social media guys The, the guys that helped get the followers I have yeah. the content I have we went down to Miami We were sponsors for a big house party They had and, and what we ended up doing is we met Antonio Brown at a charity event and I was just buying everything And uh, we ended up buying like three quarters of the prizes at the auction. So he actually came up to us and was like, what do you guys do and how do I hang out with you? And then uh, we were at dinner the next day and we were at a nice, really nice steakhouse in Miami. And uh, it was his favorite steakhouse and we're walking out and he he was like, Dylan, Robbie, and he called us. And we're like, AB? And so we walked up to him. He remembered us from a couple days prior. And I was like, this isn't, this is surprising. And he's like, what are you guys up to tomorrow? And I'm like, what are you
1: talking about? Yeah, Yeah,
0: I'm flying to la i got a private chat i want you guys to come okay uh how often does that happen yeah no kidding I, yeah <laughs> yeah so did you i did you say yes to that of course and okay. I, I was supposed to go to an event two days later in uh, costa okay. rica with tony robbins and uh i ended up going to la instead missing that event with tony robbins yeah. um ended up hanging I, out with ab he's like hey stay with us for the week
1: i, I assume that hanging out with an antonio brian is a little bit different than hanging out with tony robbins the, the AB was more of a one-on-one
0: thing, but I will say on that private jet, I told AB that I'm a big, uh, Tony, Tony Robbins guy, and he, yeah. he sent Tony a message on the plane, oh, wow. and Tony replied with a okay. voice note and, and kind of shared it while we were wow. there. It was, it was kind of a unique experience. And That's cool. I think it's the power of like what you can accomplish if you just have an unlimited ceiling and, and okay. thinking bigger and then uh, obviously having the capital to go towards it. But when you get to these things, a lot of them are comped or a lot of them are or promo or whatever it may be, yeah. so you end up doing some pretty crazy things at, at on the dime of a company or something that was able if, to do it.
1: If someone was saying, "Man, I want to, I want to, I want to be on a private jet with with AB," um, there's some tactics I imagine along the way and things you've learned about like interacting and, and being in relationships with people of influence like that or people of celebrity like that. What are some of those like? What are the ways that you have to show up? So I would say
0: I'm gonna use mindset as a big piece okay. and then I'm gonna go back to that second piece because I love to fill in those circles when people are writing notes and stuff and it's like, yeah. well, you thought there was two, you only gave me one. The second one was kind of a showing assistant and the value of the KW models and systems. Okay. I had to get out of my own way okay. and then stop thinking that I was the best person for my clients and be willing to allow that things may not go exactly as I would like them to go, yeah. but my clients could still feel fulfilled and they could still yeah. feel treated properly. Yeah. Um, I still sell, actively sell, but I don't, I have a, I actually have my Canada jersey we walk into the Family Union yeah. Red Bash with. The bottom of it says Pokaroo, because okay. one of my clients calls me Pokaroo. One of my agents did a walkthrough with him on a building that was a newer agent. Okay. And the client said, pulled him aside and said, Is, is Dylan Suter like real? Is he is he <laughs> a legit person? I've bought seven buildings off him in the last four years okay. and I've never met him. Wow. And uh, I've actually that's it's it's really believing in the system that you have okay. and the people that you have. Yeah. So when you when you ask like how does one get yeah. on a plane with Antonio Brown, kind of circling back to that piece, it really comes down to Building the foundation around the individuals that are willing to own it, yeah. having a culture where the people don't look at you as, oh, you're just abusing what we do and stepping on us, but they actually, yeah. I, I got a message last night from one of the guys holding down the four pack home saying, I, I'm really missing you guys. I have some FOMO, but I'm so happy to see the photos I see and just yeah. like really appreciative of the fact that we're away and out um, and knowing that you have that culture in the community back home that your clients are being taken care of and that your people are being yeah. taken care of.
1: You know, it's kind of wild hearing you say that you've not met this guy before and he's worked, you know, multiple properties with you. It it takes me back to thinking about um, Adam tells a story right about how he used to take listing presentations on video. And and Gary talked about um, at a family reunion or mega camp several years ago because nobody believed that you could actually convert listing appointments via video in the office when everyone goes to someone's house and sits in their kitchen and living room and converts business that way. But it was, this just subtle tweak of thinking about possibility, right? Instead of about probability.
0: So let me dive deep, a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So you just mentioned Gary Keller and Adam Hergenroth. Yeah. I think that they're, they're relatively successful <laughs> in the real estate you could say, business. You could right? say that, like, yeah. I don't know, the odd time yeah. they do. They, do yeah. they have a good idea and they follow yeah. it, right? So, they're pretty
1: good leaders to follow. Yeah, yeah I mean, if yeah. the whole
0: R&D concept of yeah. off and Duplicate was true, like they'd be a couple to do that for. Yeah. So I do the same thing. Um, I actually take listing appointments where I will have a lockbox put on the door from a showing assistant. I will do a walkthrough of that house either virtually with that showing assistant yeah. or I'll run through it when the clients aren't home but I ask them not to be there. And I see the house or I look at comparables or I see it virtually just to yeah. get that, that slight tweak. And then I do a listing. Like I've, I've taken multiple listings on this little American trip that I've been yeah. on and I have offer presentation tonight and I haven't seen the house. OK, so it, it's 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 believing in the system and it's believing in it's, it's having that abundance mindset that someone else has done it.
1: Yeah, that's right. And if
0: I'm a big believer, if someone else has done it, I can probably figure it out. Yeah. So where does
1: that come from, though? That belief of if someone else has done it, I can do it, too. Where does that come from? So
0: with I always go back to the four minute mile. Yeah,
1: yeah. it was
0: impossible. Right. Yeah. Until
1: someone did it. Yeah. And now how many people do it? Have you always thought that way, though? Like ever since you were little? I or came home new? from
0: school one day with a math paper yeah. that was a 98%. Okay. And my dad said, what happened to the 2%? And, I, and okay. I've been diving into this. It's, it's part of my wiring and part of who I am because yeah, my sister came yeah. home with a, a C okay. and he was taking her to dinner because she passed. But what okay. he was doing, and it was really leadership from a young age what I watched from him, and, and this is someone who didn't actually complete high school. Yeah. So it doesn't need to necessarily be an education piece, but what I was watching him do is he was coaching to the human. He was coaching the person around their abilities and, and okay. having them incrementally better every day. Um, he okay. knew that 100 was possible for me, okay. but I didn't give 110% energy in it to get yeah. that 100, and so he was pushing me, whereas my sister, he saw her work around the clock, and the fact that she got a C instead of a D was a really big improvement for her. Yeah, math's not her thing, huh? Well, no, math's not her, <laughs> not her thing, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're different people for yeah. sure.
1: <laughs> so so then that was almost like a standard of um, your identity then growing up was, was how you were Like those standards were almost like projected on you because your dad believed in you and had that potential?
0: I think yes. And I also think challenging the norm. I mean, there was things that he forced. Like one thing was, why are you not working 12 hours? Like you got to work harder on something. And my concept I came back to over time was, what if I could work smarter? What if I could use leverage for that? And he's still someone who he still shovels the driveway at the sixplex they bought and wants okay. to resell the sixplex yeah. because it's too much work for him. And I'm like, you know that property management exists, right? I I, I'm them. away for a month. Yeah. He, he drove back four hours from his cottage up north to shovel yeah. the driveway to go drive back up north. I'm like, the yeah. gas you wasted is enough to cover property management, yeah. but he doesn't see it that way. So it's taking what people say, doing your own research on it, putting your own twist on it, yeah. taking pieces and, and parts of it and making it your own, and then actually driving forward with that.
1: I, I mean, You hear, Gary's been saying the same message over and over and over, right? Adam, I was joking with him the other day, like, he says the same message a lot of times over and over. And he said, yeah, I learned that from Gary, the triangle is still the same and most people don't hear it. Why then have you taken some of that advice or some of those best practices and said, I'm going to implement it and run with it when most people hear it, but aren't ready to actually take action or implement? Why, why do you take action and listen? So I'd love to, to flip questions. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is the
0: single biggest chokehold on any individual business? Leadership and people, usually. It's likely the leader. Yeah. It's the CEO. Yeah. It, it, and, and Gary draws this big circle, and then he draws yeah. a little circle, and he says, "Well, this is this is your world, and this is everyone else's world. If their world doesn't fit, if there's not an opportunity for their balloon yeah. to expand, and you're going to pop your balloon because they're expanding outside of it, that's when someone leaves. Yeah. Um, so for me, I look at that and say. I have to continue to listen, and Tony Robbins says that that all business is is two things: innovation and marketing. Okay. And it's how do you market yourself, or how do you re-innovate and re-engineer okay. yourself? Um, there are things that that need to change. Yeah. Blockbuster to Netflix. Yeah. But the foundation of of watching a movie is still watching a movie. Yeah. So I think there's there's the core concepts that we find in the MREA around not just a real estate business, but a business in general. Yeah. Um, you. I. I I have so many offshooting businesses, and Gary talked about that at the CEO CEO Mastermind, that all these different opportunities, the model is still the MREA. It it could be a a VA company. It could be a marketing company. The model is still the... The the, the foundation is still the principles of a business, and it's being able to decipher what are the principles of the business versus what's the innovation that we need to do to make sure that we can get to our goals and accomplish what we want. Uh,
1: As we kind of wrap up, what else have you learned from Tony Robbins?
0: Um. Tony Robbins has a number of courses that are phenomenal, Um, the core concepts of it. I think that what I've learned from Tony Robbins, I go to his events now, I'm a platinum partner, I go to all of his events. I don't go to the events necessarily to see the content, although the content's always great, but it's pretty much the same. I go to his events to watch his interaction with individuals. Okay. what is that like? So when he does a, a, an intervention with someone, if you haven't watched I'm Not Your Guru as a little so video good. clip on Netflix, yeah, so like good. watch that over and over again and study yeah. what he does. Like, okay. how, What is his body language when he's talking to people? How, how does his emotion tie to someone's emotion? How do you speak to where that person is at and yeah. understand where they're at and relate with them? And it's something that we can all understand and, and get better at. I mean, if Tony Robbins still replays the video content that he has to see how he can improve, okay. and he's done it for 40 years, wow. why are you not watching the content that you are doing to see how you yeah. can improve and add more value to yeah. that.
1: So Tony's essentially watching his own game film, right? To figure out how does he innovate, and how does he get better than as a practitioner.
0: Everything in, in in this world of leadership is is a pattern. Yeah. People are in patterns of being able to lead generate. And and that's what creates a, a successful real estate agent when they're starting out. Or they're in a pattern of of making excuses or finding reasons why they can't. Yeah. And it's a matter of being able to interact with them, ask the right questions so that they come up with a decision instead of you forcing it upon them. Yeah. And then allow them to, to discover it for themselves and then make that decision when they want to have that two-door piece where it's like, yeah. am I going to actually make this decision that I'm going to continue with this or am I going to uh, like exit because I, I'm not willing to, to go down that path? Yeah.
1: What did I not ask you that I should have asked you? Uh,
0: how I get these stunningly how, good looks. How you get yeah. so good
1: looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
0: I think if I was to, to say that, I would say you did kind of ask it i didn't really answer it and yeah. it was why I go with larger apartment buildings yeah. um, i think that there's an excitement level of okay. the next level okay that in anything yeah, that there's course. always a leveling up factor
1: is that a possibility As in like, like is there a part of you that you have to prove that to yourself do you get a high out of that or if, is that high from something different?
0: If I had to prove it to myself or if like the actual outcome, yeah I, I hear about this quite a bit recently, but if, if the actual outcome of real estate investing was a dollar figure, I would have already accomplished it 10 times over and I'd probably yeah. pack it all in and just say I'm good to go. Yeah, I think it's the thrill of continuing to create a path that, that can inspire someone that may watch or be around or be a part of this environment um, to do something that they wouldn't normally do. And it's it's I wouldn't tell anyone to do something that I wouldn't or I haven't already done. Yeah. And for me to go through some of the problems that I've dealt with on some of these bigger buildings, if I didn't keep buying them, I wouldn't be able to keep working through those problems. And I wouldn't offer the same level of service to the clients that I offer it to.
1: Dylan, my man, I appreciate uh, the time and, and get, for other people to get to know more about you. And I um, appreciate getting to spend time with you over the past few weeks. and. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe next time I see you, it'll be in Canada or something. Otherwise, I wouldn't recommend it right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, probably if not. It's, right
0: if it's in the summer or after this whole, uh, this whole political controversy, then, yeah. then I might recommend it. Um, one thing I will add, and I think that if someone's looking for more content, I have some yeah. some really simple basic content and some higher level content. You can follow me. at just at Dylan Suter on Instagram. It's probably yeah. the easiest way to get a lot of that.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate you.